Welcome back to Don't Cut a Book Club. My name is Luke. My name is Dan. Today we are starting The Last Argument of Kings. That is book three of the First Law Trilogy. I gotta say, before we get to the warm-up, book three of the First Law, the, t- the two numbers, has been uh, causing a real headache for us over here at, at Don't Call a Book Club headquarters. Incorporated. Yeah, yeah. It's been a little <laughs> bit tricky. Um, but I, you know what? I kind of like it. Yeah. I like the I like the trilogy title. I think it's a good one. Okay, okay. Let's let's get warmed up though, because um, we got to bring some energy into the into the pod. Yes, we are recording this on literally Valentine's Day, so mm-hmm. hey, Luke and, and Dan together out there. Uh, <laughs> Luke and Dan together, and you all as well. You're all our Valentines today. How about that? <laughs> In no way is that depressing. Is that how that works, Luke? I think That's so. Depressing I think it counts. Um. But Luke told me about an amazing innovation that he had come up with when I asked if it was, like, cool to record today. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of want him to explain explain this to you all. Because when he said it to me, it was like, oh, of course we should all do this. <laughs> right. I <laughs> when Dan suggested this to me as a warm-up. I was, I was surprised because it seems so common sense to me as to not merit discussion. But... <laughs> Um, uh, here's what you do if, if you are in a long-term relationship and it's Valentine's day, um, and you do want to do something for Valentine's day, um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. big tip, do it the next day, do it, uh, go out to eat on February 15th or even, or even one, the weekend before or after. Oh, oh. I think after is the way to go. I think the the innovation here is after because you're going to get everything so much cheaper after, right? You mean like you mean like the like Valentine's Day chocolate and that kind of thing. Sure, or if you're going to buy like flowers or something, like I feel like it's all going to be on clearance mm-hmm. the day after, right? Yes, I I I agree. Yeah, sure. I never do that because that's not really our thing, but but Yeah, yeah, yeah. Conceptually, yes. Conceptually, yes. And mm, I do like the day after. The day after is very good for me. Um Okay. I am wondering It feels a little like, sneakier. It feels a little sneakier. It feels a little like when you're making that, that resi, when you're making that dinner resi, the people are like, Is this a is this a day after sneaky res you do it? And you're like the old yeah, sneaky maybe. res. <laughs> I do. I do think it's a little concerning because you might end up with the people who are like who do take it seriously but didn't get the reservation on Valentine's Day and then are kind of angry mm, at the restaurant okay. the next day. You know, it's like a makeup reservation. Sure. So that's concerning. That's a little concerning. Um. But this honestly has me thinking of what are the other holidays that we need to just change the day for them? That we need to say, you know what? I'm done with it being this day. We're going to actually do it on a different Mm -hmm. day. I'm not saying, okay, so here's where I want to make a distinction. Luke is saying he celebrates the day after because it's way easier to celebrate the day after because everybody celebrates on the 14th. 
right? Right. I am proposing we for us to consider either holidays that we just need to move the day of the holiday or okay. holidays that you should celebrate the day after. Okay. Now, I want to, because I brought this up, I want to give my suggestion. Okay. Sure. The prime example I can think of with this is Halloween. Halloween is always a Friday. I don't care. I don't care what day of the week the 31st falls on. Halloween on a Friday hits so hard that it mm-hmm. needs to always be on a Friday. I see I see the the where you're going with the with the game that we're playing. Okay. I get it now. So it can either be that or it can be you should celebrate Easter like the day after or whatever. You know what I mean? Like either either or. Yeah. Yeah. So let me first say, I think we already did something like this with like Thanksgiving. Um, so this we've is kind a lot of a holiday. Theme. This is kind of a yeah, theme. We've done a lot of holidays this year. <laughs> it's a big holiday year. Everybody's saying it. Um, I'd, so for sure... Um, for sure Halloween on a Friday because it's like the big party day, right? The big party holiday mm-hmm. other than like New Year's. But New Year's right. New Year's is stuck. I, I, yeah, I you can't move that one. You can't move that one, unfortunately. Unfortunately. Um, I'm trying to think of one, like other ones that you would celebrate, like you individually would celebrate at a separate time. Um, um, ooh, how, okay. We've got Mother's Day and Father's Day. Okay. The issue with Mother's Day is I think it always falls on a Sunday. Sure. And the thing about Mother's Day is you like take your mom out to brunch or whatever, right? Like that's the thing to do. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like it's going to be super hard to get a reservation. So maybe you do it the day before. Well, for one thing, getting a reservation for brunch in general is impossible. Okay. The thing about Mother's Day brunch, though, is I think you could totally play it off by doing it the Saturday before Mother's Day instead of the Sunday, because you could be like, you're such a good mom. I think about you all weekend. So let's do a Saturday brunch. And then it's <laughs> okay. easier, right? It's okay. easier to swing a Saturday brunch. It's definitely easier to swing Saturday than than Sunday. I agree with that for sure, mm-hmm. 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, brun- brunch in general is just so difficult to pull off because everybody <laughs> because everybody wants... Well, uh, what? <laughs> I don't want to turn this into something else. So Are this transitioning into a brunch rant right now? Hold on. More brunch more places. <laughs> the supply and demand has failed on brunch. Okay. Everybody <laughs> wants brunch. Luke, there's an issue. There's an issue with brunch, though. And that is that two days a week is the only times that brunch happens. Okay. Brenner. Fine. More Brenner places. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. This warm up is is all over the place, but um, (laughs) I I do think that Luke makes a great point, although he's kind of just describing a Waffle House. Okay, yes, correct. So I think we can actually leave this leave this here because Waffle House has already done the thing he's asking for. Right. I I think we're learning that I just need to go to like Waffle House and IHOP more frequently than I currently do. I think this is true. Okay, so that we can leave the brunch rant that we were about to pop off on and go back mm-hmm. to the our you know bread and butter our holiday right. talk. Right, right. I do think kind of similar to the Valentine's Day. You said Easter. Um, all the chocolates on yep. sale the next day. Right, the day after. Yeah, yeah. 
Oh, Luke. I just had an idea here because I'm kind of tired of businesses putting it all on sale the day after. I want to keep businesses on their toes a little bit more. And mm-hmm. what I mean by that is I think there should be more holidays where there is a sense of randomness for when it's going to happen. Oh, so you know how there's this there's this little feisty feisty rodent that we call upon every year to decide when winter's going to end? Yes, I do. What if we also asked the groundhog about other things? Like, hey, what what day is Thanksgiving happening on this year? Like at like second week of November, we go to the groundhog and we're like, "Hey buddy, when's Thanksgiving this year?" Okay. Okay. And he's like he's like November 15th surprise (laughs) okay i love i love aspects of this and here's where i'm going to tweak it one -hmm. thing that we have gotten away from as as you get older and leave school is the absolute delight and surprise of a snow day Ooh. oh so yes what i'm proposing is hmm this would vary by like town, right? Uh-huh. Or like, yes, or like, yes. I, 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 I don't know about what, how large the geographic area would be, but let's say like the first day of no of November, where it gets below, you know, thirty degrees Fahrenheit or something like that, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then everybody checks, everybody checks their, uh, their weather app in the morning and gets hyped on oh on you're saying Monday. you're saying that is a snow day you're saying as soon as it the first day gets below 30 degrees in november everybody gets a day off right Ooh, ooh! i love this actually <laughs> i think I we think... need a little surprise day off from work the more i think about this the better it is because even if you have a job where you have to come in and do like a hard project or something like even if you do have an obligation to be in that's uh that's holiday pay baby that's some surprise holiday Mm -hmm. pay yep time and a half yeah time and a half okay even if i have to go in to work (laughs) on my project today uh you know what it's a little bonus (laughs) um Wow, I do like this. And on the flip side, I think we need to have a spring one. I think we need a spring version of this too. Okay, sure. I don't know how. I don't know how we get there. I think spring. it's all based on the low temperature of the day, right? The Ooh. low temperature of the day in the in the fall, once it gets below thirty, that's your that's your day off. And then once it gets up, once the low gets above, uh-huh. I don't know, fifty or something. That's also your day okay, off in, in the spring. Then you get a day off. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. And this is easy too, because all you have to do is, is like, it's going to happen, right? So all you right. have to do is plan an extra two days in your calendar of like, yeah, we've got two extra holidays. They're going to be somewhere in November, somewhere in May or April and like done. Oh, this is fantastic, Luke. We need, I need to call my senator. I think this is what senators are for, right? I think so. I think that's the main thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, cool. I'm going to get on that. Uh, listeners, you all get on that too. Call somebody who's in charge of this stuff. and <laughs> Just anybody. Tell, Just tell call them anybody. about this innovation. Yeah. <laughs> 
Snow days for well, apparently that's how you elect it. Yeah, yeah. Snow days for no for everybody for everybody. R- right. Sure. Okay. It's for the kids too. Kids get the day off too. Why not? No. No kid. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, kids. You got to go to school. I'm drinking a beer at ten in the morning. Right. I love it. I love it. Um, okay, that's our that's our newest that's our newest holiday related warm up. Uh, st- stay tuned for the next one coming up soon, probably. Um, but let's get to the book. Last argument of kings. Um, we've stopped at about a third of the way through the the chapter title. I'm going to give you because they don't have na- numbers. It is uh, the first day, I think. The first day. Yep. The first day. That's right. And it's good to be back in the series. It just it is good to be back. I love love these characters. Love these beautiful boys and not so beautiful boys. Looking at you, Glockta. Okay. And Logan. Logan. Both of them notoriously ugly. Not traditionally attractive, let's say. Sure. Yeah, let's say that. Um can I also say I'm glad we stopped at the point that we did because for a long time, my only, for a long time, my note was just like, Baez, stop trying to make Jezel king. It's <laughs> Stop trying to make Jezel king happen. Okay. It's not going to happen. Because uh, it was so obvious. That's what he was doing. Right. It was like from the first or second chapter, it was like, oh, he's really going to try and make Jezel king happen. <laughs> oh. Uh oh, yes, yes. So and so, then, and then he did it. So you were surprised when it actually did happen. Is that what I'm hearing? I mean, I don't think, I don't think I was actually surprised that it happened. I think Baez has basically been able to accomplish literally whatever he's wanted to, except finding the seed so far. Mm-hmm. And I knew he was gonna do in some. He was gonna make it happen in some way. Like, even the thing with the tanner didn't really surprise me because I was like, oh, yeah, he for sure got this coordinated to where uh, Jezel would be the one going out to, to quote, deal with this mob. Right. Uh, but, like, he was just so obvious about it. It felt so obvious from the beginning. This is my issue is I was just like, Baez, how are you getting away with this? How is every, how is nobody realizing what's going on right now? <laughs> Right. I mean, yes, I agree with you from a reader's perspective. It was extremely obvious. And from if you were like, if you were Jezel, it was extremely obvious. Right. <laughs> I, I I mean, it should have been, right? <laughs> yes. Um, I do wonder if it would have been obvious from other people's perspectives. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I mean, Baez has been like paying people off. Sure. I mean, the right? people that like, are like he doing, has, that are like, kind of in it on it. Sure. Yes. Mm-hmm. But like Glockta didn't know. Right. Uh, um. Can, can, okay, we're we're okay. kind of jumping it. Can we actually talk about the the uh the Tanner for a second and the peasant revolt? Yeah. Sure. Sure. How do you tell? So okay. I'm assuming that really the only person that is in on this is the is the actual the Tanner. Yes, correct. How do you <laughs> how do you turn around, like, and tell the gang to go back home? 
you're saying how did the tanner actually do this where he's like yep oh cool we'll accept your terms good to go right like i i'm trying to think if this would work i guess in in like in real life and now that i think about it it could because i feel like certain uh <laughs> certain political factions can spin anything as a victory um uh-huh. no matter what so actually i i'm i'm kind of rescinding where i was going with this now i think assuming I the am- tanner is very is a is a very good orator which seems to be yes i think you could pull it off sure yes and i think too it's important to note a lot of the peasants following this rebellion, I don't think they're versed in the details of what's going on. Like, mm-hmm. clearly, the dude who came with the Tanner to the meeting was like, you promised these specific things, and now you're backing down? What the fuck? Right. And the Tanner's like, yep, yeah, well, that's the way it goes sometimes. Wap, wap. But I don't think he has to do that with the peasants. I think he could just be like, we got some concessions and they'll be like yeah it worked (laughs) fuck yeah we did it um and so yeah i I don't think it would honestly even be that hard it was amazing to me how he clearly didn't seem to care like it was amazing to me how he didn't even put on a face for his two advisors he was just like oh yeah okay cool done with this thing right right i yeah that one also it was just like obviously a, a setup or yeah the the way that the way that they did it which i i was expecting a little bit more of a a rigmarole if you will yeah yeah correct <laughs> a little bit more of a like uh baru cormorant kind of situation sure yeah, yeah. um can we go back to Jezel for a second? Oh, sure. Yeah. King Jezel. Uh, but before he was king, he goes to meet up with Artie when he gets back. Mm-hmm. Tough scene. Very, very um, tough. Very tough scene. And Jezel is a character that I think we've gone back and forth on if we like him or not. Mm-hmm. And post, post that scene... Very anti-Jezel. Okay. Here's why. That's not a start to a relationship, bud. That's not a thing where you're like, hey, I'm going to see, I think I'm going to see her again. I think she likes me. Okay. Okay. So, so to be clear, are you saying anti-Jezel because you just think he's like being stupid? Yeah. That's the main thing. You think he's being a bad person. I think he's being stupid. Okay. Okay. I think he's got like a little almond rattling around in his noggin. And it takes very little for him to do things. I don't think there's much up there. I Yeah, I think that's true for sure. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, like <laughs> dude, she's not. She's not really into this in a way that's good and healthy for either of you. What's happening? Right. I don't it's it's very strange. I don't I don't quite get it. Yeah. Cuz like he does seem to acknowledge at times 
that she has bad like these parts of her that are like not ideal for him or maybe anyone yeah. else um yeah. <laughs> but he says like i don't know i don't know what the numbers are but he says like nine times out of ten she's awesome and then like one out of ten it's like really bad when we Which say when like you is... say awesome when you say awesome what are they doing okay the Good. only activity that they're doing is having sex in her house like okay. It's not like they're going out to the park and strolling and chatting about life or anything like that. They're just boning. Right. You're saying they're not like, they're not having like a deep emotional connection that he's like, ah, man, we are really made for each other. She really gets me. But this one thing, it's really not that. Yeah. It's, It's really more of like, hey, I like having sex with her. Yeah. And most yeah. of the time it's really fun, but that one time it was not fun. <laughs> so I, uh, okay, now that you've explained exactly what you mean to me, I do agree. Basically, basically it's just, he, yeah, he doesn't have a lot going on upstairs, I think. <laughs> He's kind of an idiot. He's kind of the perfect person to be the king. <laughs> Right, which I the whole series has been about how he's an idiot. So kind, I don't kind know if this of, is yeah. this is necessarily new information, but but yeah, <laughs> I this is okay. This is related to a couple of questions that I want to ask you. Okay, the first question: Do you think Jezel is actually? Uh, the king's son do you think he's actually a bastard yes i do i don't okay i think this is a lie i think Baez is making shit up okay is this so for one thing i don't think that it matters i think you're right i don't think it matters but 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 tell me why you think he's making it up (laughs) the biggest the biggest point here there's two reasons one it it's too convenient. It's too just like, hey, this guy who is closely associated with me, Baez, and also an idiot, would be great to be the king because I could control them. Happens to be this one bastard that I like raised up a long time ago and like really invested <laughs> a lot of time and resources in. Sure. I I, I mean, okay, to be fair... I do think the whole thing about Baez is that he's like, I, I don't know how old, but like as old as the empire. Right. Mm-hmm. And makes plans for like that have payoffs, you know, 20 years down the road like this one. So, sure. so okay. the part about him like happening to be associated with Baez, I think is not coincidence it's part of the plan i think the only thing that's actual coincidence maybe is just that he's dumb but but like the other actual princes were also if i remember correctly kind of dumb so like i don't know if i would consider that a coincidence oh interesting that's a good point huh mm, okay okay this is fair the other point 
The other piece of evidence in this argument is that Jezel wants to talk to his adopted dad and Baez is like, no, nah, don't do that. Nope, no, 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 no need to do that. Don't talk to your adopted dad. True. He's not even True. your real dad. And Jezel's like, yeah, but I would just want to talk with him. And Baez is like, bad idea. Don't do it. Yeah, that one's a little weird. Sure. I agree. Okay. Question two. How much of Jezel's behavior do you think has been Baez's influence? Because I'm starting to get the sense that a lot of his actions are kind of coming from Baez, or it's starting to feel like Baez has a lot of influence, whether that be magical or non-magical, over mm-hmm. Jezel. Okay. Do you have do you have like anything specific in mind? Okay, so we already have seen that Baez is able to influence Jezel physically with the like sword fight, right? When he yeah. wins the tournament, he Baez has had some like physical influence over him. Sure. Um he seems to have like weird moments um where Baez like he does too exactly what Baez wants, it feels like. Okay. Like he has an outburst at the council meeting that seems scripted. It seems too much for Jezel. It does not seem like something Jezel would do, especially given that he has been apologizing to literally everyone the whole time and then suddenly hits somebody in the head with a cup and is like, fuck you, I'm the king. Yes, this is actually a good question because I did, I was kind of expecting just based on the like, story arc and how it was how it was being timed for him to make for him to like have a little intervention and make west the the general or or whatever lord marshal or whatever yes i um, agree i was not expecting him to do it by like having a super angry outburst by having a super angry outburst so I could see I could see Baez turning turning the anger dial up a little bit, you know? Yeah, it feels like sometimes Jezel isn't in control. It feels sometimes like Jezel is surprised by the things he's doing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So yes, I think I think this is a good point. I hadn't really considered it for the for the parts that are not obvious, but I mean I I wonder if if this if it's the case is limited to Jezel because I feel like Baez as a wizard could maybe just like do this to anybody. This is a great point. And also why I'm asking the question, because we've known for a long time that Baez is a wizard. We have seen him do very little magic. Right. So he's like, he's like, he's gotta be doing magic somewhere. We aren't seeing, right. There's gotta be some little magic. He's doing right. More sneaky stuff. He's doing sneaky yeah, stuff. It does seem like magic really takes it out of him because when he did magic in before they're hanged, he was like out of it for a while. Mm-hmm. Like he had to recover. Yeah. Um, but I, there's got to be some little prestidigitation spells that he can do. Ooh. Some cantrips that he can do that are, you know, a little simple. Yeah, I think that's true. I think that's true. Um. I forget if they all, because they, they, they were, you know, all a bunch of apprentices of um, the maker of, of the big, how was it, of someone in that godlike family. I, I for, it's been a while since we've read the book. So I, 
I feel like it was the maker's brother or something. Oh, no, you're right. Yeah. But, but beside, a little bit beside the point. Um, I won't, I, I forget if they all had like their own, their own specialties, but I could see Baez be, mm-hmm. being a little, being a little manipulator was his, yes, was his thing, was his claim to fame. I think so. I think so. Okay. So, so at this, this meeting that we're talking about, the Jezel has this outburst. We get to see a little bit more of how the closed council works. Yes. Um, and, and I must say, we got to redo it. We got to throw it out, start from scratch. You guys are not cutting it because what we learn is that there's essentially two sides. Mm-hmm. Um, Salt, the the leader of the Inquisition, and Morovia, the like high justice, mm-hmm. and they just they just disagree about everything, no matter what, and yes, they each have a couple people that back them every time. And then there's also like two or three people that just mediate between them. This is this is unworkable. We can't, we can't do this. We can't continue. This is what's the point? Why why are we even showing up at this point? Uh, it's the game, Luke. It's the thrill of the game. <laughs> you know? Okay, sure. Yeah. I mean, they, you're just saying they're doing it for the love of the game. Exactly. They. These are some classic high school speech and debaters right here. They're mm-hmm. given a topic and they're like for and against and start. And the judge is the king and he is almost always asleep. <laughs> so you're not doing it to win even because there's no winning. It's just for the love of the game. Okay. Okay. I could see like if there if you have two people on your council that are both very good at at debating i could see some benefit to being like okay here's this issue that we have to decide you do a little bit of research and argue for it you do a little bit of research and argue or i guess one side or the other yeah boom go i could see value in that but i don't think that's mm-hmm. what this is <laughs> right Right. This is just two people who want to fight yeah. and are doing it over whatever topic is at hand. Here's how you shake things up and completely destroy them, Luke. It's really easy. All you do is you say, all right, gang, today we're going to talk about this thing. Before we say anything, you need to write down on a piece of paper your perspective on it. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. And then you got to read it out. And then you got to read it out to every... Actually, no, no, no. You hand in your pieces of paper to me, and I read them out. (laughs) And then we'll go from there. That's our starting point. Okay. Okay. I like it. You're talking about assigning homework and enforcing, like, no cheating and no collaboration rule. Yes. And, I mean, you know... Inquisitor Salt is going to be sending Glock to the spy on what Morovia is writing. Like, you know, mm. there's going to be some espionage happening. But that also means there's going to be a little double bluff where Morovia is like, oh, Ooh. I don't think I'm writing this. This this is more actually playing the game for the for the love of the game, right? 
Yeah, yeah, kind of. Because <laughs> there's a lot more hijinks you can get up to with this type of thing, uh-huh. which I love, which I do like. Um, yeah, because because right now it's I I'm gonna say no fun for anybody, and also not productive. If mm-hmm. we're it, I'm okay with not being productive, but it's got to be fun. Right. Yeah. Yeah, at least be fun. At least be fun and not stuck in a stuffy room yelling at each other for hours and hours. Right. So, yeah, Je- hopefully Jezel listens to the pod and has and and brings this idea forward. Yeah. Um while we're talking about Morovia though. Is Morovia the good guy actually? Uh I mean, it seems to be. Morovia is like, hey, let's tax the rich. How about we tax the rich, guys? Have you <laughs> right. thought about that? <laughs> right. If you compare, like, from our perspective, you and I, or the reader in general, mm-hmm. and if there's two sides, Morovia and Salt, I think there's a, I think there's a clear winner. <laughs> One guy is like, Morovia's yeah, we like... need to, we need to have more of a democratic process. We need to involve the public a little bit more. And the other guy is like, hey, what if we tortured everyone uh, about everything with no limits? <laughs> right, right. One of them is like, yeah, we should be accountable to the public. We should be taxing. We should be, you know, serving the least among us as a government. And the other is like, yeah, but what if we had a secret fascist dictatorship? <laughs> Right, where we could basically do whatever we wanted. Yeah. So. Man, tough to choose. Tough to choose between them. It also makes it so much harder to imagine the motivations of one of the people on Morovia's side versus Glockta. Like, imagine the meeting. You know where Glockta feeds that guy to the pigs? Yeah. So imagine from the dude who is on the side of the high justice's perspective when he's setting up that meeting he is like hey there is this underground torture fest happening every night in this city that's run by inquisitor salt who is basically like kind of fascist not really interested in democratic process i don't really want to kill this person but he is an instrument of like torture and violence in this country and the world will be a better place without him in it so i i know this is kind of a backhanded thing but it's for the greater good so i'm going to take out glockta at the pig pen at the slaughterhouse Uh and then flip that to glockta's perspective glockta's like yeah inquisitor salt told me to do this so i'm gonna do it That's like Glockta's rationale for any of this. It's like, yeah, orders are orders. Right. It is good to every now and then think about, because like Glockta, we see the perspective of and is written really, really well. And I don't know if, I don't know if I would say he's a sympathetic character because I don't really think so. But as we've talked about, I think that readers generally like Glockta. I do. I right. like Glock. Dan does for sure. But it is good to every now and then think about like, hey, this guy is like one of the worst people in the world. <laughs> this is clearly one of the villains <laughs> in a pretty irredeemable way. Yeah, his motivations don't seem to be very good. 
He has no motivations. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he does because he gets out of bed every morning, right? Yeah, but I don't know why. Yeah, I don't think he does either. I don't think he would have an answer. <laughs> um, But yeah, it's it's... It's really weird because they are, the two sides are treated as like, yeah, two sides of the same coin, but I don't really think that's true. Right. What does Salt want? What are his end goals? Like if he was king, what would he do? Like in the debate where they're up on stage and they're like, you got two minutes, sell America, uh, sell the union on your vision for the future. Right. I mean, Morovia has got a vision. He heard his vision. Yeah. What does Salt even say? I say more torture. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, it does seem like it's basically just like, you know, fascist type stuff where it's like, I just want power for power's sake. Right. And like fear of like security. I imagine he would do a security thing of like, our borders are too loose. We got to tighten right. up the borders. <laughs> right. Uh, that's key. That's very important mm -hmm. for all of us. Mm -hmm. um, so, man, man, a vote, a vote comes up. I think I know who I'm voting for, at least out of these two. Yes, I agree. I agree. Okay. Salt, right? Okay, la okay, last thing I have to say about Soul, which is something that I'm pretty sure that I've said in previous uh in previous pods about this series. We we got to uh -huh. get some rules. We got to get some rules for the Inquisition. You can't you can't just torture <laughs> anybody anytime. Yeah, but we don't want to shackle them, Luke. We want them to be free to pursue the truth. That's true. That's true. Um, if they gotta no. go to a judge <laughs> no, and get a warrant, I mean, it's gonna take too long. Right. You're saying you're saying I want them on that wall, and or that I can't <laughs> handle the truth. Right. That well, you can't, but they can, which is why they're there. Right. Okay. It's a good point. It's a good argument. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Um. Okay. Um, are you? Do you want to stay here, or are you ready to go to the north? Let's get out of here, please. Okay. Okay. This place is rotten to the core. Let's go to the north. Okay. So, um, I guess I guess I only have a couple things about the north. Number one is just that Logan is so cool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, Luke. But I do notice there's a there's a bit of a tone shift. I feel like. I feel like yeah. Logan with our crew who went on the trip is a very different Logan from the one that's with his old buddies. And I don't know if I like the new Logan. I agree with you. And he acknowledges this too. He is like, mm -hmm. oh, I'm kind of going back to what I was. And I think, you know, it makes sense why this is the case, right? He has a bunch of enemies. He has a bunch of people who want to just murder him. And I'm like, he has to put on this face. Otherwise, they will think they can do it. Right. Um, and even if, like, it might not even be self-preservation. It might be more of like, I don't want to kill a bunch of people. Like, I'm kind of tired of just killing people. So I don't want people to try it anymore. Um, sure. But the, 
it is odd to me and it it leaves me wondering like why did these people why does logan have friends i can't remember why logan has friends you know what i mean yes um so this is actually kind of seamlessly into my my second point about okay about the north and then the the northmen i guess that we're familiar with which is like so this crew has kind of been hanging out together for like a pretty long time yes Mm -hmm. do they like like each other (laughs) (laughs) clearly clearly tall likes logan right yes i think that there are some individuals that might like each other like i do think that toll and toll and logan are friends well toll is very likable i think in general yes and and i think also the dog man is fairly likable but like like there's no fun times being had right there's not very much just like joking around whatever yeah you're saying these are like logan's alcoholic friends that when he goes to the bar all they do is drink and that's all they do when they hang out together partially yeah i mean murder i guess drink and murder those are their two yes um the issue is i don't know if there's much else to do right like i it seems like that's what everybody does up here Right. I think that that's true. And I do think that like the main reason this group hangs out together is that they're like the good, they're like the really good fighters. Right. And you want to hang out with people that are in this, in this like setting, you want to hang out with people that like you trust to have your back, I guess. Yeah. Right. But, but at a certain point, like, Okay, let's try to let's try to have some funsies around the around the fire this tonight. Just like let's Ooh. hang out. Oh, okay. Like, hey, hey, Black Dow, what's your favorite color? Oh, wait. Oh, okay, hold on. Bad question. <laughs> um, sorry, that was on me. <laughs> or like, hey, Black Dow, can you like just be chill for a minute and like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, he literally can't. He's literally like a psychopath. Like right. he is a complete, just like yeah. He just doesn't care about people at all. Right. I don't know. I don't know. I just if you're gonna be together for so long, let's try to make, let's again again kind of kind of similar to the the council. Let's let's make it a little bit of fun. <laughs> okay all right i will say luke for as much as i don't understand the dynamic between this crew i was so hyped for logan to reunite with his friends (laughs) this has been literally three books in the making where they've all thought he was dead and he assumed they were dead and then he's like oh the dog man's alive oh what a treat yeah yeah i do i do agree with you did it live up to your expectations? Let me ask you that. It, okay, I, I do think it exceeded them in a very specific way. Okay. It exceeded them because we had that moment with Tull where he was like, oh, we're so excited to see you. And then we realized what the dynamic was when Logan was actually with his friends, where it's like 
he is he has to like intimidate black dow and he and the dog man are like cool but not super like i don't know they're like more reserved in their friendship um and so it exceeded it because i was like oh this isn't just everybody being hyped to see him this is like him fitting back into this dynamic and that's what the dynamic was before he left uh yeah i think i i I definitely agree with that and i think for that reason for that reason i didn't like it as much as i was hoping i would i mean Mm -hmm. okay i i i think it's very good like writing right like i think this is exactly i don't know if i thought about it what i would expect yeah but i don't that doesn't mean i like it you know (laughs) right it didn't give you that feeling that you wanted of like this nice reunion where everybody feels good and is happy and right like the logan that was hanging out and teaching jezel things was kind of a delight Mm -hmm. and i and Mm -hmm. i and i don't want i i just think his friends are a bad influence on him i guess wow okay all right Luke. well yeah actually i'm inclined to agree and so while i'm glad that they're that they're reunited um I just, I just wish, I, I just hope that things turn out better, you know? Mm-hmm. I think they all need a vacay. Ooh. Mm-hmm. The North seems bad for them. I think they need to go somewhere else. The, the North, I think, in general seems bad. And yes, they definitely need to go somewhere else. Speaking of going somewhere else, are we, we're not asking any more details about this, this fortress before we show up. Because we show up. We show up and things are not good. We show up and it's like, what? You said it was a fortress. <laughs> you said, f- I remember you said it was a fortress. I remember you said it was a fortress. What is this? These are rocks. These are just a pile of rocks. Yeah, I mean, part of that's on you for not being like, okay, how many, you know, how many troops can it hold? What are those provisions like? Yeah. Um, should we should we bring a bunch of arrows? Like, ooh, is there, are we going to have a lot of opportunities to shoot arrows like what's the deal (laughs) right i do agree i do agree that this is kind of on on them and not on the the chief of the hill people or whatever they're called um right like if i'm staying at an airbnb i'm gonna ask if i should bring a towel like i'm there are certain things you just are gonna ask if you should bring right that's so that's so funny because i always ask that and my partner makes fun of me She's like, no you have to ask towel. i agree no i agree with you um see yeah, see this, this... the thing your partner would show up to this fortress and be like where the fuck is the cool wall and meanwhile you and i are like yeah we knew it was gonna be shit yeah i brought all of these things i brought a bunch of rocks to build it <laughs> up a little bit you do gotta come prepared um and 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 to to keep your analogy going when you're looking for an Airbnb, right, you like, you read all of the things. You read what it has. Right. You don't go with the top result. It's not like you search for a place and you're like, oh, first one that comes up. Yep. That's the one. Right. No. You're like, okay. Okay. Mr. Hill, Hill person chief, you have a fortress. Do you know of any 
other places that we might be able to hold up like give me a few other options before i'll be like yeah yeah let's go to your cool fortress let's go to your helm's deep okay Right. right you ask a little bit of what's there check the amenities list check the check the how much the cleaning fee is um and then lastly what's the last thing you do you check the reviews you walk mm-hmm. around walk around the hill people be like hey is the fortress nice is it good <laughs> would you go back have you do you know could you tell me a little bit about it actually i don't know if i trust him yeah oh man it's tough it's a tough spot i mean the hard thing is like i don't know what else they would have done Mm-hmm. Well, actually, I do know what else they would have done because the whole plan relied on the fact that they would have this cool fort, right? He was like, hey, I've got this plan and it's going to work because there's a cool fortress we can hold out in. So it'll be totally good. Right. If he didn't actually have that cool fortress like he talked about, then there's there's no plan. That doesn't. Right. It's a completely different plan. Oh, wait a minute, Luke. What are the odds that this hill person has made a deal with Bethod? And that he knew he didn't have a cool fortress and was like, eh, I could play it off like I am crazy and didn't know. And then Bethod will come and take out all these people he's been fighting with and then he'll leave me and my hill people alone. That's the deal I made. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's definitely possible. Sure. Because yeah. like, he literally was like, hey, we're going to walk into a trap, but don't worry, it'll be fine. <laughs> Right. The, pl- gonna- the the plan is literally to get to be trapped. Yeah. So if, like- you're, if you're doing a double cross, right? Pretty good. Pretty well drawn up, honestly. If, you, if you're doing a double cross, you literally don't have to do anything. You literally like, okay, all according to plan. We're trapped <laughs> now. Uh, Bye. <laughs> I'm leaving. I'm leaving. Right. Right. You do have to trust Bethod a little bit, but but beyond that, pretty good. I'm worried, Luke. Okay. I am I'm too, worried. honestly. I'm, I'm pretty I'm worried, worried about our crew. Um Yeah. I mean, we'll see. I think I think we're about to get a chapter. I think the first day is a chapter at the fort where something's happening. Right. I think so. Maybe maybe the first day so. of a little of a little siege action Mm, we'd love to see that we'd love to see that so we'll see you next week on the first day with some hot takes and some dumb nerds